all, welcome to the Ground Game Podcast. I'm your host, Bushido Squirrel, and this week we're going to be talking corruption and higher education because I, like many of the folks here at Ground Game, went to pretty elite school. So I'm sitting down with Ace Katana and Kendall Mayhew, who also came from pedigreed uh, educational institutions here in L.A. That makes it sound like fancy Like dogs. many of the people at Ground Game? I don't know that yes, that's true. They're very highly educated. Yeah. Pretty much every single one of us. It's kind of scary. I mean, people have college degrees and stuff, but there's a yeah. difference. I think there, particularly, there's a difference between the sort of Elite educational high school. Right. <laughs> I mean, just just in this room, 100 percent of us went to a. There's only three high of us here, exactly. Tim. <laughs> there's a, there, remember, Ground Game's not an army yet. Right. But I was going to say before we hop into this too far, uh, how are you doing today, Ace and Kendall? Doesn't make Ground Game doing good. good. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ruining I, our street cred. Well, I mean, there's there's a big distinction, which is what we're going to be talking about between being like at one of those elite private schools like the three of us went to or you know getting a college degree because you were in the military like John you know? you, well let's go well, ahead well I also want to say that I do think it is cool that we are made up of a bunch of class traders yeah exactly but I was a gonna I was gonna start there with my here. fellow class traders just to kind of stake out our ground like the high school I went to I was just at a hoity-toity fundraiser for them uh, they were making a big thing about how like they give a lot of scholarships because my school is now so expensive about $25,000 a year that even families doing well with more than one kid have a hard time affording that yeah. so we're even like seeing elite educational institutions are kind of like doing their own taxing the billionaires. But the school I went to is in, in Arizona. You all went to a school out here in on the west side of LA, and I was hoping you could talk about A, uh, its connections with what's going on here, and B, how it's kind of situated you. Well, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you want to go? Well, we have... I think we have different... Uh, well, yeah, let's, let's set the stage a little bit. So we, both Ace and I, went to Harvard Westlake here in Los Angeles. Currently, the tuition there, I just read, is $38,900. Jesus Christ! Um, and so, <laughs> uh, I think... That's I, fucked I, up. I don't, it, <laughs> it is. Um uh, important context for me. I, so I was a, actually a full scholarship kid at Harvard Westlake. Um, so I definitely had a unique uh, perspective, uh, you know, going home to our apartment every day, you know, um, and living amongst. Uh, I mean, so yeah. So Harvard Westlake is. I, I I don't think it's the most expensive school in in Los Angeles. Actually, it's I think not. Buckley is more expensive. There's a couple of schools that are more expensive. But Harvard Westlake is like consistently the top ranked school academically. I think it's considered to be the most prestigious. It's the elite. And it definitely has, blah, blah, blah. it's definitely where people who are extremely powerful in Los Angeles send their children or aspire to send their children. Yeah. Garcetti so, being an alumni. Garcetti, well, sure. I mean, the, the number of alumni that came out of Harvard Westlake is, ast- I mean, it's truly astounding when you actually look at who are the power players in Los Angeles and yeah. compare the list. It's really, it's really crazy. And I had a slightly different experience my parents are both artists so we weren't like rolling in cash even though they were able to keep the lights on as artists which is a thing but I had a I had a gr- doctor grandfather who put together a education fund and in the way that uh, the way that people of his generation do there's a b- big focus on this sort of very classic get the best education you can get so I went to the nerd school Merman and then I went to Harvard so Westlake. we also went to that I school went together to, <laughs> went, to, went to Harvard Westlake I went to the nerd college university yeah. of chicago so there was a kind of a, a track there but you know like looking back on it there the the emphasis on 
education and it's like uh, so inherent good yeah I mean, tra- going on that track seems so quaint well the, the <laughs> I think it's important to talk about the idea of education so the, there was a very collective idea in in the US that, that education was the path to changing your class status right mm-hmm. I know that was where my family was coming from so the reason why my parents made enormous sacrifices to get me into these schools and to get me um, to get these schools paid for. I mean, which like, cause like applying for scholarships and financial aid at these schools is no easy task. It's incredibly yeah. difficult. Um, I will say Harvard West like has the most robust um, financial aid program and scholarship program of any independent school in the country. They're consistently ranked that way and they have for years, so yeah. for decades, That's which is an important part of it. Cause they, they are also, I would say the most progressive uh, independent school. Well, that, that's a that that's a about, progressive. Is interest, is a different I mean, question. progressive, quote unquote. So, but I just think that's important context yeah. too. Um, but anyway, so that was definitely my experience. You know, my mom was um, a foster kid and was denied education because she was a woman. So when my mom graduated from high school, her um, foster family uh, didn't believe women should go to college, and she had actually won a scholarship to San Francisco State for creative writing, and they refused to sign the paperwork. Oh. So. She was really from if coming from that perspective that education was the key to everything, but specifically was the key to class advancement, which was the key to happiness and success and what everything. What what I think is interesting about this scandal because you both correctly note like the importance of education. And for where I was, like my dad was good at trading stocks. So he was just good at making a bundle of money at a time. And so he also took some joy in being the person paying full price. So, sure. like, you know, that was like, because he came from blue collar roots here in East L.A. and built all of his money himself. Like his, his family was blue collar, but he got to white collar. You know, I would play golf with billionaires because he was good at math. That's so creepy. It, it's it's very, very creepy. Weird. But it also. Also, point, nobody gets their, build their money themselves, yeah. right? But it, it's it's one of these <laughs> things where um, he. Uh, the the access to this education is restricted in a lot of ways and is incredibly valuable and there's a lotteryism going on there but there's also this pressure when you're at these institutions that it's not are you going to college it's where are you going to college from a young age we like had, from kindergarten well, so, there was one person in our ASMI graduating class who did not attend a four I'm sorry there were two people who did not attend a four year university out of Harvard Westlake our year one of them went to Santa Monica College and one of them did not go to college at all and it was like that's the standard and that's out of almost 300 students we have like 288 in our graduating class but I was hoping which we is could an talk asta- it's an astounding that's an astounding figure. kind of talk about how this pressure of wealthy people keeping their class status and that's and even then like Huge. Olivia Jade and the people in the, the news like if Olivia Day, Jade doesn't graduate from college she will suffer no material harm but she is still taking that spot at USC oh, and she yeah, doesn't totally. even apparently even want it or give a shit yes which is very <laughs> Just- but you, you know th- there's an interesting way that these things function as class markers and it's also not just about the movement it's not about the movement from oh I'm going from blue collar to white collar anymore Mm -hmm. we're talking about the movement from millionaires to billionaires Mm -hmm. you know like the the reason that a spot at Harvard is so important isn't because there's just as good of you know there's some sort of magical education they can do there that they can't do other places it's just fucking Harvard. It's not yeah. Hogwarts? Yes. Yeah, for, I mean, for example, my family were not blue collar workers. That's not where I came from. My, like, you know, that was never the case. Yeah. And I was the scholarship kid at Harvard Westlake, right? Yep. So, like, just to think about that, the fact that, like, I wasn't coming from a poor family, I yep. was coming from a middle class family and was considered to be a poor kid at well, and, this and school just by the context. 
And these things are structured around, fundamentally, they're structured around sort of an access. And I mean, I think it was thinking about recently, have you read John F. Kennedy's Harvard application oh, essay? Oh, God, yeah, it's embarrassing. No. It's, oh, my it's God. Embarrassing. I, I think I heard something it's about just, it. It's just, I, I would, I've always wanted to be a Harvard man. My father was a Harvard man, and I, would too, would enjoy the pleasure of being a there Harvard man. There would be man. nothing it's, quite it's, like being a Harvard it's man. It's literally a fucking paragraph. It starts with, there are multiple reasons why I would like to attend Harvard. Like It's, it's, it's so bad. I mean, it's, it's Harvard it's, is a land of many contrasts. R- no. Not I, even, honey, like, not even that much nuance. There's literally nothing. It's shocking, but um, so but that's the that's the thing. These things are markers of a particular class and a particular realm of being and interaction, and it creates you know the the all these structures are focused, especially now, on keeping those class markers together, keeping those uh, the billionaire class and the multimillionaire class. Um, you yeah, know, and, keeping it in the family. And we also need to talk about the fact that private school as an institution was essentially created to maintain segregation along right. racial lines, right? To begin with, like and class lines, of course. Mm. But that's, you know, the that's where it comes from in particular like independent schools. Um, you know, that's it's in order it's to to prevent that class movement from happening too much and it's only under like immense pressure or in specific situations where things like scholarship programs stuff comes up, come up but even in those cases the reason for your scholarship is because you are deemed to be like quote unquote exceptional right so mm-hmm. there's an enormous pressure to keep up your um, and I, and a lot of um, a lot of people, um, specifically people of color, have talked about this extensively in terms of higher education scholarships. But like, there are lots of cases where, like, you, you get a scholarship to Harvard or Princeton, they're having you write letters to the benefactors saying thank you so much for this opportunity that mm-hmm. I got. If you hadn't given this money, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Now, like, so I didn't ha- have that experience at Harvard Westlake, but See, I'm sure that there are. I, I, there had, are I actually had to do I actually we just uh, that that fundraiser I was talking about. We went to the California club and we had a room that was all Carnegie uh, Mellon folks so like scientists and engineers with like weird personalized paintings from their own secret like drinking group from like the 40s and 50s and 60s what yeah it was very weird <laughs> it was very normal. strange and like the, the California club is a very old school institution yeah. it's weird inside I did a, some catering jobs yeah there no exactly <laughs> it's, it was it was so weird but at the end of like this program because it was a fundraiser for our scholarship program for, for the school I went to uh, they had a student who was a project excellence, sure. uh, which I used to, be to there TA. To say thank you. Yeah, and so these were I, during the summer. We would teach classes like math and chess, The Simpsons and philosophy to gifted <laughs> students from underserved schools, and then they would be farmed as scholarship students and matriculated matriculated through PCDS. And it was kind of weird at the end because it hit all of those notes at the same time. Like this guy's landed his dream job. Like he he designs like amusement parks. But there was very much this patronage sensibility to it and it was disturbing because I think we're getting to the age where some of our friends are establishing those families and are that class and are earnestly participating in this because they think it's right and that's the weird part I want to unpack is coming from this class that excel because of this education because there's a lot to gain from it how do you then use that and not be like an Olivia Jade that's well, a yeah. that is several questions at once. Well, I know I studied to, too much philosophy. Well, to also go back to the to talk about the corruption scandal a little yeah. bit. So, so like you know, there and I think it's an interesting sign of we the should times. talk more about it because it's hilarious. It is hilarious, but I think and importantly, like you know, and it's been acknowledged a lot. I think in the media that like 
billionaires and extremely wealthy people, people who are very wealthy, have been buying their way into college forever, and also into these private schools. So, like at you know, like at Harvard Westlake, for example, there were kids who were there on scholarship because of academic achievement or because of, of athletic achievement or musical, like all kinds of those achievements. And then there were kids who were there who were definitely not smart enough to get in on basic standards at Harvard Westlake, but their exceptional thing was that they came from a wealthy family, and extremely <laughs> so, wealthy family. Yeah. Like now, same wealthy. thing at these universities. Right. So that's like not new. Um, it's not a new thing that like if you buy a building at a school, your kid has a likelihood of getting in or if you're a legacy. Right. Um, that's so, something that doesn't get discussed. Oh, enough, God. Yeah. There are more kids who get in ba- on the basis of legacy at Harvard Westlake than there are blacks at, at Harvard Westlake at Harvard University than there are black students at Harvard, at Harvard University. So, you know, they, again, this goes back to this idea about affirmative action, all these things. Right. But. I think what's interesting about this college scandal is that these were people who were keeping up with the Joneses, because that's what it comes down to, is that this is a marker of what kind of family you come from, what school you go to, right? And so many people, in particular with a school like USC, which has a huge legacy tradition in Los Angeles, <laughs> and they have families that, you know, same thing with, like, I mean, a lot of schools are like this, right, where families have a kid, and the kid immediately is in a onesie that says future USC alum, yeah. you know, like the pressure on the kids, but also the pressure on the family to keep up appearances, which is all bullshit, obviously. But that shows that people... So what this scandal shows is people who are trying to take the cheaper option, right? Or couldn't afford the more expensive option of buying... You know, right? They can't. They, they, they're, <laughs> buying they have a building. To, they have to do illegal corruption. They have to do some illegal corruption because they couldn't. Afford, yes, exactly. So, and I think that is an indicator of the way that our, you know, our economy has just driven rich and poor apart, right? So there's like fewer and fewer extremely wealthy people, and there's more and more people who are trying their best to keep up, and who are like, I mean, it's possible that those people. We're mortgaging things mm-hmm. to pay to make those payments to pay that fifty thousand dollars to get their kids to cheat or whatever. Like, what's particularly wild about it is the the sums involved show how particular the psychology is. Like some people yes. were paying fifty thousand. Some people were paying like a quarter million dollars, half a million dollars through one, this stuff. One family, six point five million. What? Like, like my my brain is sitting here thinking, why don't you let your dumbass kid go to some like less prestigious college and hand him six point five million dollars? He's gonna be fucking fine. It's really do you think crazy. that? Do you think they see that as the investment that's going to pay off more? Because like you're saying, this isn't about you know going from a hundred thousandaire to a millionaire. It's because it's about going from millionaire status to billionaire status so they have to see like a net gain I would think in that 6.5 million investment or, or it could be about going from a millionaire to a billionaire but it could also be just about preserving a psychological uh, safety net I think than it is like because have you ever met an 18 year old like the idea of like of betting six point five million dollars on is, I mean, well, yeah. and then also they'll look at the like the Theranos documentary and like this Elizabeth, Holmes. whatever Holmes woman. Rich people are who, bad with their money. I mean, rich people are just. I mean, there's just so much evidence that rich people are not you know worthy of making decisions on their, for themselves at all, uh, let alone the rest of us. Uh, I want to ask, hey, so, so we're looking at some criminal charges here, which seems a little bit weird to me being like a lot of these are private colleges, um, but bribery and defrauding people, I guess, because of the, the test taking and stuff. But what are we looking at as far as, you know... I think the test taking is probably held to some sort of national, like federal standards. Mm-hmm. It would yeah, have some, to be, right? So, so. Some of these things are... 
are regulated in a certain way. They, you know, there there is attention paid to them, and some things just involve like active, you know, really ordinary bog standard fraud. Mm-hmm. You, you pretend something that is not true in order to extract a material benefit from another person. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's interesting that they. One of the weird things about this scandal, actually, and the way it broke is that normally you hear about scandals where they, oh, they compromise some little person and then that person helps them roll up the bigger fish. The person that was compromised first, the confidential informant, was one of the guys pulling this scam. Yeah. yeah. He was the head of it. He was the guy yeah. running this shit. Yeah. And they let him just keep doing it for a while. For like over a year. Grabbing up more people and more evidence on people. So there probably are going to be some cases thrown out due to, uh, due to entrapment. Um, but it is... It is a really weird set of uh, circumstances because they they already had the guy who was running the scheme. Well, I also got to ask uh, before I let you go on this one uh, to put on your your prosecutor hat or your your cop hat and figure out like why was this such a priority for the FBI? Like why were they looking to take down Lori Laughlin, famous for Full House and then Fuller House? I mean, I, th- I think the reason this would come to the attention of the FBI is because of the sort of institutions that it has to do with. You're talking about elite privileged institutions that draw the scrutiny of the 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 powerful class. Yeah. The powerful class wants those institutions to at least proceed under the normal terms of corruption that they've accepted and established rather than allowing people to violate those, you know, mm-hmm. like, and some of the shit is just fucking hilarious. Like photoshopping your kid's head onto like a water polo player to pretend they play water polo at a school that doesn't have a pool is hilarious. That's like really weird. It's a weird thing to do. Yeah. I, I wanted to talk actually, Kendall, because you've been doing some really good class analysis is like what this says about like oh the manager <laughs> and like kind of worker, you know, divide even within uh, these schools because you have wealthy white kids who are yeah. like lacrosse players. There's actual students who do depend on their athletic career to pay for college. They oh, get 100%. injured, blow out a knee and you're not graduating. Totally. I mean, I think what it what it really reveals is the fact that there is no um, – <laughs> you know, there's no honor among thieves. There's no honor among rich people. There's no solidarity among rich people either. Like, I think that's what it really reveals, right? Is that like, there is no point at which you as- ascend into the upper class and then you are part, like, you know, it, it really takes, you really have to be a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, and that's, that's something I've been saying for a while now, which is that like, you know, you're, you're a billionaire or you're poor. Like that's, that's the reality of it. Like that, that uh, uh, in the, in the scheme, in the scam of America, you are a billionaire or you're poor. You You can have hundreds of, you can have a hundred million dollars and you're not worthy in the eyes of the upper class. And so what you see in this scandal is the people who were like not and and it also has to do again like this is also white sorry hitting the microphone getting excited um this is also fundamentally about white supremacy at work and about legacy because the reality is that the people who were trying to buy their way into these schools were people who were not legacies at these schools who did not have the bloodline the appropriate bloodline and the the hereditary uh you know entitlement to those schools so like you know people that I know who went to Harvard who were like third generation, fourth generation at Harvard, they're never buying their way into these schools, even if they're poor. They don't have to because they have that bloodline. So that's that's what supersedes everything in this, is that money can help you, but fundamentally at the end of the day, like if you don't have 
that legacy line, that's when you're going to be trying to keep up with the Joneses like this so much. There's also there's also in America there is a class like a class structure of uh, if, if you're in a certain space, there's a structure of permanent wealth. There are people who go from one CEO job to the other, to the board of trustees, to whatever, and they're absolute fucking idiots, and they fail every fucking time. Like those guys who ran Tronk and shit. Like these people are idiots. They're not good at what they do. They invest in they invest badly, lose millions of dollars, but they are in this particular class, and in that particular class, the rules of that class are that you are not allowed to fall out of it. Yeah. Even right? if you look at the Theranos thing, Elizabeth, her her dad was an executive at Enron. Yeah. <laughs> her dad yeah, was an executive course. at fucking Enron. Oh, and these people were like, I didn't yeah, that. no, uh, it's in her blood to do good business somehow. What? Like, no, actually. It's in her blood. She was bred to be a con artist, actually. Yeah. That's, it. That's I didn't but realize that's, that. But that is what the upper echelon, like, that is what, guess what? That's what fucking slaveholders were, were con artists. That's what it was. You're scamming people out of their own fucking humanity. You're a con artist. You're a thief. You're a thief. That's it. So, and I do think what is really interesting that we're seeing happen right now in this country is that because of the failures of the political class to maintain any kind of reasonable economic growth at all and just ruin everything, even for themselves, is that we're seeing more and more people who were formerly wealthy, even people who come from those legacy families, who are waking up and their kids don't have money and their kids couldn't get that job because there aren't that many of those jobs anymore, right? Because even those jobs of CEO and shit, guess what? You have all these consolidations of companies, guess what there's less of? There's less CEO jobs too. And so these families are (laughs) rapidly losing their wealth and panicking Mm. panicking and so that's also part of why you see people going to all these insane criminal lengths to to get into these schools because they see that their wealth is waning and they're not going to be able to keep up and they don't trust the stock market like they used to right and they don't trust the institutions and they they haven't hoarded as much as everybody else Mm -hmm. because that's what again like just to get back to it wealthy people are just hoarders they have a fundamental disorder where they are complete hoarders either they're white supremacists and they feel like they deserve to live more than other people deserve to live which is fundamentally what's going on when you keep your resources away from people who need them or they're like the equivalent of the person with a billion newspapers stacked up in the living room no they are that's literally exactly what they are it's the same psychological mechanism that's happening in my opinion and in particular in a city like los angeles where you have wealthy wealthy people 60 almost 60 billionaires call their call la home right on their taxes as their primary residence and they literally live next to people who are homeless and don't do shit about it. I mean, I saw a, driving here today on Los Feliz Boulevard, I saw an elderly man holding a sign on Los Feliz Boulevard standing next to mansions, mansions. Yeah. That man could go up to, if that man could go up to that door and, and those people could share some of their insane, insane, disgusting, hoarded wealth with this person who needs help, we wouldn't be in the situation that we're in right now. But no, rich was, people have to be forced to do that shit. That was the, the thing that really uh, kind of tripped me out about the, the fundraiser I was at for, for my high school was there are, again, I don't think there are billionaires on the board right now, but there are, you know, the McCains sent their kids there. There's there's billions of McCain, dollars. Is McCain not a billionaire? Uh, no, no, Cindy not, Cindy not Cindy quite. Cindy 300 McCain million. 300 million. Because they, uh, yes, they, sold the, they sold the, uh, the brewery Cindy's to Anheuser-Busch 
push for like a really sweet payout and like some sort of board on a subsidy company or a yeah. subsidiary well, company. I mean, but but there's there's enough money you there. You combine where like, power and wealth there, and you got a billionaire. But you, you you take as much money as just is floating around in the cash accounts of the people who sit on the board of trustees of the school, and you could pay for every student a hundred times over. Uh, just absolute like insane levels of wealth that are going unused, and it, it kind of leads me to a weird question, which is like. What are uh, possible resistances? Because, like, I've taught underserved schools, and, like, when I was an SAT tutor, the juniors I had a, at Watts could not compete with any of the kids that, that were, you know, three times lazier than them in Beverly Hills that I was teaching just because of the educational gap between where they grew up. Well, because of the poverty gap, because they're not under exactly. enormous stress every oh, day. Oh, yeah, all yeah. of that adds up. But, like, how do we start undoing that short of, like, just robbing the rich on the street? Well, and they're, they're not out on the street all that much. Right. I mean, it's, it's harder. They have have the private entrances and stuff, but the <laughs> and, and you know the, they don't carry it all in cash, but and it's, so it's tricky. <laughs> I still want I want to meet the billionaire that has a Scrooge McDuck pool. I know they're out there. there I will there find to, them. There has to be somebody. Anyways, the but you know one of the things that that is a, a question about this is like how do these ed, elite educational institutions actually fucking operate on it in in society? You know the experiences of people at underserved schools. Uh, there are teachers at underserved schools who are every bit as good as the teachers at elite schools, though they have much less resources. You know, like they, our, our boy Dylan teaches at a high school in, like, I'm not going to out where no, it is. But, I know, you know several teachers who went to Harvard Westlake, actually, yeah. who now teach in public schools yeah. currently. And there are people who, so there are people who, you know, bust their asses and do the work. But because of the, the way that the our attention to institutions is structured is that even a really spectacular student from Dylan's school is never going to have the consideration that somebody does from an elite institution. These things are designed to keep it in the family. And related to that, you know, you have the fact that these are inst- these elite institutions are places that hire the best teachers and like have all these fancy resources and stuff. They do have lots of resources to throw at creating actual educational scenarios. And the reason for that is because that turns out to be the the currency that is laundered in keeping people in. Like I, I realized this the other day, thinking about like my own experience at Harvard Westlake, because I always tested really well. Yeah. Like I like just across the board, like SATs is like that stuff's bullshit. Yeah. You know, like hand me hand me a fucking Scantron. I didn't need any tutor or anything. I can just Scantron the shit out of it. But somebody who's like performing well academically or somebody who's performing well like you know artistically or something like that the purpose of the function of those people for somebody to be performing well academically but not be rich is to actually like launder the rich people into the upper institutions Mm -hmm. like to say that oh this institution this institution of this high school is still justifiable as an educational institution therefore we can uplift your idiot son or daughter into harvard wealthy family friend when i was a kid my like who would uh, said to my mom there when my mom was anxious about you know us going to these schools or whatever like just she would always say to her there are kids who there are kids who are there because their parents pay for the school and there are kids who are there because their kids make the school look good Mm -hmm. and that's the reality like of of what it is is that those standards are on a sliding scale Mm -hmm. the standards are incredibly high the lower lower amount of money that you have on your parents financial records that you have to show to the school that you can pay for the school or not Mm -hmm. like 
guess what? The academic standards go way the fuck up or the athletic standards or the whatever thing that is going to make that school look good. And as the as your family has more and more money and you literally I can could see that in my social life at the school. <laughs> yeah. Was that and it was a known thing in particular at Harvard Westlake that you would talk like people would talk about people people would gossip about people by saying like you would make fun of people because Harvard Westlake was so academically inclined and we actually put value on being academically uh, gifted and talented Mm -hmm. and and skilled and talented and and achievements were were valued at that school which is we kind of atypical i think for most high schools but because of that it was like an it was a shameful thing to be the rich kid who everybody knew was kind of stupid and then there Mm -hmm. were people who were rich kids who were very smart who people would be like yeah like isn't it crazy <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Isn't it crazy that their family has that much money and he's actually that smart? Yeah. Like, isn't it crazy he actually got into that school on his own merit? Isn't that nuts? It's a, because that was like a, a that, and that is what happens when you craft a school that is designed to keep rich people in power. That's what it is, and whether or not that's the that was, and, and again, like whether or not that was the impl- implicit, you know, overt plan well this is just just to drive you both nuts i have to say like that your your point strikes me as very zizekian where like the the lie of the school is that you don't deserve to be wealthy and powerful but we're going to have this conveyor belt and then suddenly to have somebody that oh wait does hit the qualifications for being wealthy and powerful and smart enough to have this conveyor belt they're almost called out on it like they're they're the exception that proves the rule and this is also i think tying together this sort of the whole thing we've been talking about this is how the educational striver tale of America Mm -hmm. dovetails into and justifies the and provides support for the maintenance of hyper elite power structures. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. That's how it works. If you have the people who are saying, ah, education is my key to a better life and desperately working to get there. Those are the people who make it possible for the the Harvard man who wants to be a Harvard man because his father was a Harvard man. It seems like a very fine thing. To be president, yeah, right. <laughs> well, so so uh, last kind of like question. Well, not really question because it's no, more of a, I, uh, I a round talk for about di- this forever. Yeah, well, for a, a so round of discussion, and I'm sure so this won't absurd. go short. But and <laughs> looking at college now, yeah, uh, and I think we have a good survey here where like I'm a dropout, you have a BA, you've got an advanced degree. Um, <laughs> is it worth it? Like, is no, college 100 percent no. W- what it, do we do about that? It, it, Stop going. It's really hard to hard <laughs> to figure out what the hell is is going on in higher education right now because to a certain extent it is cannibalizing itself very rapidly. Not just in terms of the declining monetary or career value of a degree and the you know it used to be a certain um, it used to be the marker of class itself, right? And now oh, yeah. that, and now very that much. that has because of the fact that you know everyone was told like pursue this and you will achieve they have to keep shifting the moving the goalposts capitalism has to keep protecting itself differently because that the achievement of education isn't one that actually challenges or disrupts capitalism itself it just adds more people to the pile of having an appropriate class marker but in addition to you know that issue there's also the way that the schools are replacing tenured faculty with ad, like adjuncts who are it's relentless like precarious and grad students who they yeah. can exploit and it, and as the meanwhile the funds go to administrators yeah. contractors and so forth and it, so like the whole the whole fucking game has been you know devouring itself in a lot of ways yeah. and it's it's unclear it's unclear how the hell to 
uh, break out of that cycle without you know an aggressive project. I mean, an aggressive project of renationalizing things. Well, I think you know. I think that part of what so like specifically like to, to, to I think it's almost easier. It's almost easier to talk about private high schools in yeah in, in this way just because it's a kind of a microcosm. I don't know. So like for example, like one of the reasons why private schools have become so absurd in Los Angeles is because of the systematic um, you know systematic takedown of public education in the city right. which has been going on for decades and so as a result of that so like for example you know that was a big factor I mean well I mean a couple a lot of things were a big factor in, in my, my parents decision to do everything that I mean I think my, my parents were going to do this no matter what because my mom was mentally ill but <laughs> but and a hyper white white feminist capitalist but the um but that being said like the schools that i would have been at based on my where we were living were were very very underserved were very underfunded were were very under-resourced right so it makes it a lot easier for a parent to make the decision to put their kid in private school when the public school has an incredibly low graduation rate or like no money you know no extracurriculars like all that stuff yeah so that's that's what i think is that like it's not so much about like how do we like take down these institutions mm-hmm. similarly yeah, with the college stuff it's like what we do is what we do is we invest intensely in community college college we invest intensely in trade tech schools we invest intensely in um in in increasing the minimum wage in making in 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 va- and inc- we invest intensely in unions we we work to change we have to work on those ba- on that basis like structurally but then we also have to talk about the culture shift that we need to have happen which is what we are seeing happen mm-hmm. which is where people are going fuck college i don't care and i have value no matter what and i have a you know we have to bring back a discussion of a moral center in this country which we are just completely devoid of thanks to capitalism we have no Fucking moral, like no, we have no morality anywhere in this culture. There is no morality, mm-hmm. and like the idea that you know, and look at what like evangelical Christians are doing. They're absolutely insane, hypocritical. It's a cult. So we have no, like, there's no one even tethered to anything here, and so we have to get back to that. So because the real question is, like, if you are going to college, and the, the, what we've what we've decided as a culture is that you go to college to make money. That's why you go to college. Yeah, maybe. not you don't go to college to contribute to society you go to college to make money and get some for your own that's why you go to college so and even in institutions like where I went to school where I went to Boston College which is a Jesuit Catholic University which is supposed to have a moral a moral core to what it does that's what it's supposed to do guess who's on the guess who's the president guess who's on the board of trustees of Boston College Bob Kraft oh hey now not that there's anything wrong with sex work or engaging in sex work I don't think there is but what is important about that is the hypocrisy of what what that school represents and what they present. Now, uh, they, Boston they, College also is supposedly if you are a Jesuit Catholic, you are you are fundamentally anti-war. You are anti-violence mm. and anti-war. Guess supposedly. who funds the physics yeah. department at Boston College? That'd be Raytheon. Okay? Oh yeah. So yeah. I saw know, that you, I saw that one coming. So you have institutions, even ones that are supposed to be held to a high moral standard by something like religion, something like Catholicism, which is an incredibly powerful religion that are on, I mean, I, I could go on and on about Boston and College. We, but could, that we are, could definitely have a whole separate <laughs> discussion about the relationship between 
academic institutions and the military industrial complex. 100%. That would be a fucking, oh, that would be, that'd be yeah. a fucking wild one. Especially USC. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. And so what is important about that is that we have lost the tether of what a community is supposed to be about and what a government is supposed to be about and a society is supposed to be about. We live in a society, okay? Right. That's a That's meme for a reason. The reason it's a meme is because there is a massive cultural, a massive, the population is desperate for community is desperate for a society that gives a fuck about each other and we are doing everything we can to bring it about including exposing and ridiculing people who are <laughs> openly disdainful of it and are criminally violating it okay so uh, that is where what we have to think about is not how do we take those people down but it's how do we bring everybody up right yeah. that's that is the actual way to fight I'm into thing. taking them down too well no, yeah, th- no they're, they're gonna <laughs> yeah. come down but they're going to come down but the way that we make people powerful enough to take them down because again if you are living in desperate poverty and you're working three jobs and you can't make it work you don't have time to bring anybody down so what we have to do is do some harm reduction right and and raise the minimum wage and help people with housing and like stop evictions like we should do all that shit so that people have a little bit of space to be able to talk about what their moral center is and talk what they want and I think and related to that I think a simple a simple thing is the people who are saying make college free are 100% right. Yep. That's how you, the the way that, yeah, that's how you do it. Exactly. The way you like by making it free, you uncouple the idea of an education from the from debt and from the need to pay off that debt mm-hmm. and you create you make it into a space for whatever people want to make of it. It no longer has to be pursuing Wealth. It no longer has to be just a empty class signifier because now yes. you've suddenly said, hey, everybody can do this and it's free. You know, that's how you get to a space where people can learn to learn again. Because, I mean, that's the fucking thing we want. You know, all of these, the way college functions, the way higher education functions in our society is primarily driven by capital concerns. I realized this, like I've said this many times about law school. Law school is a fucking trade school. Law school is like going to school to be an electrician, except yes. you're fully yourself, right? The, yep. the, the, only, the only real distinction is that, like, I wear a suit and I'm a douche. Yeah. So, like, the the goal, if we're going to have— And that's a historical thing, yeah. too. You can look well, back to— Yeah. If we're, if we're going to have a world of higher education that is in service to humanity on some sort of level— the you have to carve the capital part out of it. Yeah, you know the goal is to have an educated populace, not because of some empty idea about education leading to higher wages, which is n- not adequate at all to yeah. solve the problems of society, but ha- educated populace so that an educated populace can participate in society, to be involved in its community, to be away like aware and considerate of what is happening. You no, want- I, I think this is probably a good uh, good way to, to round it out is, you know, you can't burn down the ivory tower, but you can definitely make it so that those bricks aren't only being used for that ivory tower. Yeah. But it's gonna- There's also, I want to also refer people to this book that was written by uh, Dr. Tressie McMillan, which is called Lower Ed. Oh, she's and it's, cool. it's Yeah. She's done incredible work about for-profit colleges, and she actually used to work at a for-profit college in their admissions department before she went into academia. Uh, and she really just gets to the core of, because, again, just like with this scandal that we have happening right now, it's an it's an elucidation of a core issue that's going on throughout higher education and same thing with lower ed where she highlights 
the for-profit college industry, which is really just, (laughs) the for-profit college industry is really just putting a magnifying glass on what's happening at the not-for-profit right. colleges. It's the same, it's it's the same thing. Same it's problems, a, it's the same racket. It's just extremely exaggerated and, and much more like vis- vividly exploitative. Yeah. But same it's not different, right? It's just the extension. And, exactly. Yeah. I, I, exactly. I'm also going to recommend uh, Kids These Days by Malcolm Harris that explains how millennials are kind of this hyper-focus as like things that were tested on our parents kind of became weaponized and quantifiable as the management culture entered into like our daily lives lives and the management thereof, especially in education. But anyways, Ace, Kendall, thank you very, very much for this. It was a really fascinating conversation. There's so much. Like, it's so much. What can happen when you weaponize your bougie education and what it means to leverage your I know. Your, they your never power. wanted us to do this. Yeah, no. They didn't. They, they didn't. <laughs> I don't think they say no one will, will give you the education you need to take them down, but they were wrong. I know. They didn't do a good job vetting me at age four whenever this all thing started. Merman. It's a re- it's a really... The, <laughs> it's interesting to talk about this shit because it occupies a very particular chunk of the the, the national national plan and like yeah. the the way that privilege is reinforced and structured and people don't necessarily people aren't always the people who are exposed to it are not always talking about it yeah, yeah. because well, most people most people who went to our school are like fine with their situation well, they were but like I also, with it. the other thing is that like it's also it's difficult to look at it because when you look at people like the, the family that ran the elementary school that Ace and I went to the the teachers that I had at Harvard was like the counselors the administrators even all were you know doing doing what they did because they really deeply care about like giving people a good education and they found a place where they were able like you know of course a teacher wants to teach at a school that has enormous resources and kids who are there ready to learn every day i mean that so there it's it is a difficult thing to be critical and in particular for someone like me who received that education at no cost to my family right like it's very difficult to be critical of it because i did receive so much personal benefit from there and safety i received safety there yeah um, so it is a difficult thing to be critical of, but it is an important thing to talk about. And again, this is where we divide the like personal experiences from the systemic impact. And 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 also that's like that's part of the the game here is that these the fact that somebody is provided something good like good health care or mm-hmm. good education is not an indictment of the existence of healthcare or education. Yes, exactly. The question is how the fuck do we make a society where everybody has access exactly. to good education, safety. You know, that's like why the teachers were... Oof. I was wondering what that noise was. That's why the teachers were on strike. It wasn't just right. so they could have higher salaries. It was so that there could be smaller class sizes, more counselors, and more resources to, you know, make their schools better. And, like, yeah. honestly, like, one of the problems with these sort of... the the institutions of private schooling, charter schooling, is their purpose in draining funds out of the public coffers or that would otherwise go to... Uh, uh, public schools and removing students from resourced families that might otherwise be putting pressure to improve those schools. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, I, I think that's a okay, good conclusion. We stop. Yeah. No. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today, and we'll talk to you all very, very soon. Hell yes. 